0: Thank you, thank you Sona. Thanks very much for joining us. We appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be here. Um, But I'd like to start initially just with an acknowledgement of country. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands on which we gather. We pay our respects to the elders past, present and emerging. And we ask the ancestors of this land to be with us in spirit as we seek to learn and understand to grow in knowledge and compassion. So welcome. Uh, We're here today to talk about how marketing has evolved over the last year and, and I guess where it's looking in the future. Um, I'm Jeff Anderson from Sonic Site. I'm a very proud member of Educate, uh, Educate Plus, um, a sponsor as well, a supplier to the industry. Uh, and we've also got Humor. I'll get Humor and Kelly to introduce themselves as they go. But we do want uh, today to be a very interactive day. So if we were doing this in person, we'd, there'd be opportunities to chat, opportunities to raise your hands, contribute as the conversation goes on. So if there is something you'd like to contribute, we really want to hear from you because we appreciate that there is a lot of collective wisdom in the room or the online room. Uh, and we want to hear from you. We want to make this uh, very, um, very engaging as we go. So we'd love to hear what you're doing, how things are working for you. And if you've got a question along the way, ask as we go, we don't need to wait till the end. We just want to make it very, uh, very informal as we go. And we'll patch you in and, and hear what you've got to say. We'd love to see your faces too. We'd uh, please turn your cameras on if you're present because, um, that stops you looking at your emails, and we—if you're feeling guilty and watching—so do that. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we're going to be looking at um, the crazy year that we've had. I was one of our clients. We were filming um, earlier this uh, last year as they were doing a bit of a debrief on how they'd coped and managed with the COVID situation, and the deputy principal was asking the principal, you know, are you looking forward to things going back to normal? And she very quickly said, absolutely not. She said, we have achieved so much in the last few months compared to what we could have done in years and years. She said, the last thing we want to do is go back to where we were. We have come so far forward during this intense period. We want to build on that. And we want to move forward. And I think that really sums up what's going on for all of us in this industry in terms of what we've learned and what we're holding on to. And how things are changing in the future because i think people are going to want what they had in the past what they've had last year and have a hybrid of it going forward so we'll unpack a bit of that and see how it goes um but i'd like to throw to a humor is uh, from canberra grammar school and hima you were a bit ahead of the curve with your virtual tour um can you tell us a little bit about that
1: yep thank you jeff uh, good morning everyone um, as Jeff mentioned, my name is Homa. I'm from Canberra Grammar School, which is um, as the name suggests in Canberra. Just a bit of a background about the school very quickly, just so you understand why we went through the, the U tour. We are a school of about 2100 students, co-ed, uh, when co-ed in 2015 was an all-boys school before. And we are a boarding school, we are a CRICOS school, and we are also looking at, we are also a registered school as well. So, uh, back in 2018, when we attended the um, Educate Conference in New Zealand, we met with U-Tour, which is a company that does uh, virtual tours um, for the websites, and we have been looking for that sort of a thing for a long time because of the, the number of international students we had and, and how boarding families wanted to see what the school offered uh, even before stepping um, into the school. So we made a significant um, investment in in getting them on and having that on our website. And uh, we also invested in what is a a virtual reality um, headset. So it's a VR headset and you can take it with you and pretty much you wear it and kids and people can see the school. Uh, When we went out to boarding expos and we took it to Hong Kong and, and China, and it was a huge hit because as we were talking to parents kids were able to put that on play with it got excited and that really really um kind of helped build us that relationship with them Um, and then obviously COVID happened and the the hits on the u tour skyrocketed and that was probably the most successful marketing tool that we had even more than our website um it, it just completely changed the the dynamics of how we marketed the school. And we started putting more into into that um, um, into that area. We started updating when new buildings were coming in. We were updating it, and it became it just became the most important um, aspect for us in terms of. Of marketing. This is not a paid sponsorship kind of a presentation. This is truly an experience that we've had with them. Um, We've also looked at some of the analytics that have come back, and it's not—it's very basic. It's not too much information that they're able to provide us, but we could see that uh, people were uh, using um, the the U Tour um, kind of facility from all over the world. Um, not just uh, Australia, from Hamilton Island in Australia to to Fiji, to everywhere, and that has really, really helped us. Um, We we did not have a lot of Facebook uh, community. Um, Our head was always very hesitant to have a Facebook community. We had no Instagram. We were just on Twitter, and... uh, when we started kind of looking into the possibilities of okay, how what else should we be doing because we're not going out we're not meeting with people we're not meeting international um events where we're just not going out at all how do we bring them how do we bring our community into the school which were really really helped us you are me
0: Kelly, is that you that's making a buzzing noise? Are you able to mute that for the moment. I'm hearing another. Yeah, I think it was you. Um, I sound like a bit of shredding going in the background. Um, so Huma, we, I know you were looking at the analytics. Were you able to get any clarity on uh, enrolments based on the on u 2 presentation that you had?
1: Oh, 100%, absolutely 100%. Because Jeff, <clears throat> we were talking about this um, just a couple of minutes ago. Um, we, when COVID happened, uh, we had to really bring a lot of Department of Foreign Affairs and family, Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade families back in Canberra because the families were being asked to to leave the respective countries. And this was the first time they were looking at Canberra grammar as an option. And to be honest, in, in, in desperation, because that was the only school that uh, is a school of choice in Canberra. And They didn't have any idea of how it looks like, and we used to say to them, go and have a look at the virtual tour, and that would really help you understand what the school is about. Um, 100%, our entire 2021 enrollments were based on the virtual tour, because we were really strict, we did not allow anyone to come on campus throughout the year, like nobody. So, it was so is, that, is that
0: when you can talk to the business office and tell them that marketing is actually an investment, not an expense?
1: Oh, uh, look, I think we, uh, <laughs> we have learned from our mistakes in the past. Uh, and I, I feel like uh, when we now say that we need this done, because we have been bitten quite significantly before, they do listen. And sometimes that's what it takes <laughs> uh, when you lose money to then be able to say, well, you lost money because of this and if we do this, this is the return on investment. But look, to be honest, we were also lucky that our uh, director of business who came from a school in Perth um, had implemented the virtual tour on his school, like on his website, and so he was very open to it and um, because he had seen the return on investment um, over there, so he was very open to it, but look, it is an expense. And uh, it, it, is, um, it is hard to, to get through something like this, through the, 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 the business um, field. But if you can show the return on investment in terms of enrollments, to be honest, it just, it, take, it took me two enrollments to, to basically pay for it.
0: Yeah, great, great. Um, so I'll just, uh, I'll come back to your humor, but now I'll just pop over to Kelly. Uh, Kelly Nancy from PLC. Kelly, I won't try to um, say what your uh, title is because I don't think we have all the time for that. Uh Kelly, we're getting some strange noise. It sounds like a a lot of noise in your office.
2: Yeah, no, I'm not sure what it is. It may be my laptop. So I'm just going to switch over to my phone. So just bear with me.
0: Okay. Um, So I'll just give you a little bit of background about Kelly. She's the marketing manager uh, and everything else at Pimbles Ladies College and is, uh, does great work there. She has an on-site team uh, that does video production. So they're able to generate uh, amazing uh, quality and quantity of, of video, which just really does position them uh, so well in the marketplace. Um, but, Kelly, you already had a virtual tour, but it wasn't a U-tour. It wasn't a 360 type one. Um, can you tell us what your virtual tour was um, when you hit the ground in uh, 2000? Yes, thanks.
2: Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Jeff. Now, I've just noticed that on the screen, it's come up as Charlie M. That's my son. I've just had to make a quick change. So I'm coming through on my phone uh, for audio, but the video is uh, on my laptop. So sorry about that. Hopefully, can I get a thumbs up, Jeff, if that's all clear? Yeah, you can awesome. okay. If you're like in it. gallery
0: view, you, we can see you. You'd if you're in speaker view, then you
2: can Things would be going well, but I think my computer is uh, slowly dying on me. So, hi everyone, thanks for joining us this morning. Um, As Jeff said, I'm at um, Pimble Ladies College, so we're in Sydney and we're quite a large school, uh, girls' school with 2,270 girls. Um, Jeff is correct, we didn't originally have a U Tour um, uh, online last year, however, we did have a series of other types of videos. We do have um, a videographer on staff, which is fantastic. Um, Roscoe, he is full-time and he is very busy. So he was very busy um, prior to COVID and obviously that has increased a lot. His workload has certainly um, increased a lot. So we've got a number of videos on our website that um, are, uh, I suppose, quasi-tours, where we have the students taking Um, us through the various parts of the school we also have quite a number of videos on our youtube channel um, which help to market the school whether it's going into a particular classroom or whether it's the girls or our principals talking about Pimble. so we didn't have a u tour um, but we quickly realized that having one would be of great benefit so um, we actually just launched that um, the, um, in two weeks ago, uh, and we're really pleased that we did invest the time and money into it because whilst I think we're feeling quite confident going forward um, about COVID and our ability to have parents and our community back on campus, as Jeff suggested at the beginning, we know that our stakeholders want both uh, onsite and virtual opportunities to engage with us. So um, whilst we will resume and have resumed our, our tours, we still see the value in that U2A product because um, as Huma suggested, we've got international students and our boarding families as well get that great benefit of being able to sit at home and, and have a look through the different parts of the college.
0: Uh, we have had a question about uh, the dollars involved with this. Is anybody prepared to speak to, uh, to that?
2: I think the really positive thing about um, this product is you can have as uh, little or as many segments to it if you uh, as you like. So if you can only afford one to five, then that's fine. If you can afford 20, you know, that works as well. So they're a really good company to work with, I have to say, and they're really flexible. Um, and also you can... Um, you can schedule it out across years. So they've told me that some of their clients start with five and then for their next budget the following year we'll add another five venues. So there's there's a lot of flexibility there. Sorry, Huma, I interrupted
1: you. Yeah, no, I was going to say the same. It depends on your budget. So they're quite happy to work with you as a school in terms of what your requirements are. Uh, what we wanted was to get a sense of, you know, we started with primary and senior and then we added... Uh, boys boarding, and then we added girls boarding. So as we have um, evolved in terms of uh, where we are going as a school, we have added those bits and pieces. The other thing that we did invest in, which is, um, was a bit more, was um, the virtual reality headset, because that in itself has embedded photographs. So you can get them to take photographs of various areas in a 360 degree kind of an uh, view. And when you put the VR headset on, it allows you to go from gallery to gallery um, to look at various parts of the school and um, along, the, uh, along the side of the videos. So it depends on your budget in terms of how much you want to spend. If you just want to spend on, on one thing, they'll be happy to work with you. Um, if you want to spend on, on a whole heap of things, they'll be happy to work with you as well.
0: Can you give us an idea of what that one to five range is to start with?
1: I
2: think from memory it was about 2,000 per area or section. Does that sound correct?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I think all up, I think from memory, because that was back in 2018 and we've been adding more and more, more, I think all up it was just about 20, 25,000 in terms of how much we invested. And as we kind of added more things, um, the, every time we added more things, they had to come on campus, take new photographs, build it all in. Um, so it, it, is, it is a lot of work from their end as well, uh, but they, they were really efficient, really efficient and very professional in, in, in doing that. The only feedback that I have from them is that they need to start building up a really comprehensive an- analytics program at the background to show um, how it's going and where more most clicks are and things like that. That is not really there at the moment.
0: Yeah, because that's part of their platform, isn't it? That all the content is hosted on their platform yep. um, with their name on it. So you go, you can, yeah, Correct. so that, yeah, okay. Um, yeah. Look, it's interesting hearing about these virtual tours because what I find uh, when a client asks me, oh, we want to make a virtual tour video is, uh, I, I, first thing I have to do is actually get them to define what it means to them because everybody seems to have a different definition of what a virtual tour is. So whether it's, you know, your U-tour you video, whether it's your previous, Kelly, your previous um, videos, which are effectively, you know, taking people through the experience of being at the school and where you can actually get a little bit more emotive perhaps in um, the different aspects of the school. Um I've seen other ones where they have basically gone and converted their live presentation that they do uh, when people come on site and they've done a nice production of that, which is just pre-recorded and they play it out as a discovery tour um, every couple of months online Uh, and that that works very well as as an option as well and that incorporates some of their promotional videos that they would normally show uh, at an event and I've even seen ones where it's just the principal standing in front of a laptop or sitting in front of a laptop presenting to Zoom, um, which is not the most engaging way to do it. But uh, I think they're thinking, oh, well, that's what he'd do on a um, on a school tour. So we'll do it like that now. And it's unfortunately, it doesn't translate uh, quite as well as if you're doing it in person. So, uh, yeah. yeah, there's obviously a lot of different ways to do a virtual tour. Uh, and I think the main thing that I'm seeing is, as I was saying before, is, People are going to want these things. um, They're they're going to want the option. They're going to want the option to come onto the school grounds, which they should be able to do later this year if they're not already. Um, They're going to want to be able to um, do it uh, remotely. So dial in from work or at home and watch the presentation. So it may be a live presentation that's happening. They're going to expect that to be streamed. So they might have one partner at the event, another one watching remotely. And I think the other thing that's going to happen is they're going to want it on demand. So they're going to, you know, be able to, they're going to want to dial in later and watch it at a time that suits them. And I think uh, Mm -hmm. if you're not catering to those expectations at this point, you're going to be uh, missing the boat. Um, You're going to be frustrating people because they're just going to expect it, especially, you know, private schools. Um, It's kind of like, well, we know, you know, this is a minimum expectation. And a part of that as well, I think is the, um, You know, live streaming has certainly found its uh, its feet in the last year. It's I I love seeing the new technology and how it evolves, and just seeing the new gadgets that have come out. And um, you know, some particular brands in the industry have done like they've they've, uh, created four generations of one product in in the last twelve months um, that has just evolved and evolved. And they're not expensive pieces of gear. They're only you know they're under two thousand dollars, but it allows you to do you know effective live streaming. So. I think um, moving forward, uh, it's, it's, it's exciting. There's lots of new technology that's coming on board uh, and it's, there always has been, but it's just coming quicker and faster and it's making it easier and easier. I think what's going to happen is we're going to see um, the girls in black or the tech crews that they have are going to be trained up on how to do live streaming um, as part of the you know, essential skill that they'll learn at school. So it's no longer going to be PowerPoint. It's going to be how to do you know, television productions at school um so yeah i think um there's all that's happening um have we got any any comments from the from the audience at this point no anybody Uh
1: jeff Uh can i just add to your point oh richard yep you go ahead richard Uh,
0: jeff just a quick question about live streaming devices and kit um are you able to give us some pointers on where to go looking for those things because um yeah streamingguys.com.au okay they they've got it all they they're top of the game with all of that stuff that's what they specialize in and um they've got some you know really good products as i say very reasonable and you can give them a call and talk through what you're trying to do what you're trying to achieve and they'll um they'll help you out but yeah they've got some um some great gear Kimo, you were going to say something Yes. Yeah, so sorry i
1: just wanted to add that um like all of you Uh, We had to do virtual open days um, in in last year and probably at the start of this year as well. And uh, what we did in the beginning of this year was we did a bit of both because we were in in ACT, the restrictions were much lighter. So we were able to have a certain number of people on campus, but we still live streamed. And that was extremely well um, organized through uh, a program that we run with our students called Code Cadets. C O D E Code Cadet, C A D E T S. Um, it's a co curricular program where students learn how to code. And they have been using their expertise and the um, for, for running things like big growing events and live streaming that. And we use that opportunity to bring them um, into our open day. So they actually have been live streaming our open days. It allows them to be part of the school in a more um, kind of professional way. They can use it towards their CAS hours if they're an IB student. Um, And also it really goes well in their CV. And it's it's just been amazing because they are set up professionally. They have been using it for um, many areas across the school. So why not for our open days as well? So that's just another thing to look at. We are not as lucky as Kelly. We don't have any videographers um on on campus we we only have a photographer um and so we've just been using our students quite a fair bit for that jeff
0: thanks thanks um so uh, shannon's just asked about thoughts experiences with live streaming and more specifically hybrid open days i'll just talk quickly about live streaming so i think uh we did one last week at one of the schools uh for a house event it's uh it's a um an annual uh, dance drama singing um, and video uh, event that they put on. And what they did was they pre-recorded the content, but they did a live announcement of the winners and all of that. So uh, I think, you know, everything can be live streamed uh, these days. I mean, you know, technically on your mobile phone to Facebook straight away. So there's that's where it starts and it just goes up from there to multi-camera events. Uh, so it's, it's certainly a way that you can bring the school out of the gates into the homes and offices of the of the families. Uh, and I think it's certainly something that you want to consider as you go, um, and whether that's, that's part of uh, your team or it's an, um, an outsourced uh, part that you bring in for different events. I know a lot of schools have their in-house um, AV guys who can do, you know, get behind cameras can do a lot already. Sometimes you need a little bit of extra expertise to get you across the line with that. Um, one of the things, if you are going to stream a live event like an open day, I think you want to have a two-way path going. So you want to be able to take questions and you want to be able to engage with the audience. Uh, this one school that we work with where they they actually live stream or they they present a, a pre pre-record, a pre-recorded presentation. So we're, we're basically playing a video for an hour. But what they do is they set it up to say look we're here to take your questions. So although the video appears to be live we never say it is because that would be fraudulent um they're able to take questions and answer questions as they go so the audience feels like they're having a real experience and it makes them more engaging when you turn up for an event at a particular time because you feel like it's happening there and then rather than tuning in to watch a pre-recorded version of it so definitely try to think of that two-way and zoom obviously facilitates that there are other platforms that do that as well where you can have the chat happening and you don't need to have you know the person on camera having your answer and you can just type it out do kelly or Huma? do you have some thoughts on um open days or live streaming kelly you're learning in your head
2: i will i will um, so i think firstly what i wanted to say is that we all do things differently different size schools different size teams different size um, budgets and also different communities so if there's anything um that I learned, and I think our college learned during COVID uh, that was to listen to your community and constantly ask them questions and find out what they want from you. Um, One of the things we did really well was we pivoted really, really quickly to online learning. Um, And then that enabled us to quickly follow. Um, with online um, social events and online information sessions. And we did that through Teams. So uh, we were already using Teams before COVID, so we were in a really good position. Um, and it did allow us to refine very quickly to provide Um, quite a good experience for our parents. So we did a lot of um, live Teams events where parents have the opportunity to ask questions in the chat, or we would do Teams meetings if the groups were smaller, which would allow this sort of conversation to happen uh, a little bit more free flowing. Um, And when I say people do things differently, I know some schools have a different level of support from their AV team. That was a little bit of a challenge for us. We had to uh, work with our uh, IT team and just make sure that they were ready and that they understood what we needed to deliver not only to our current parents, but obviously our prospective parents. So uh, we got there in the end, but it really uh, wasn't something that we had done before because uh, my community engagement team was um, quite autonomous in the sense that we uh, would deliver uh, all of our events and activities uh, without the support of IT. So that's something that we learned and we were able to navigate through Um, but I I would have to say that Teams has proved really, really successful for us from a live streaming perspective. Then there's another element to it, and this is where it gets really expensive, and this is where I'm sort of a little bit challenged at the moment, and there's, and Jeff, you'll probably be able to talk to this um, uh, better, but it's the actual live streaming of an event, so the clutch TV type scenario where you might live stream uh, a dinner Um, and the parents expect quite a good quality. So we did have a few occasions where we had live streamed an event through Teams and the parents were quite frustrated that they either weren't able to see their daughter or the audio was um, very poor. So um, we did move to a bit of an external outsourcing uh, model through a a company called Clutch um, for some of our more key activities, but that's very expensive. So we're at the moment trying to find the best option Um, for any future big live events where we want it to be high quality.
0: Talk talk to me later.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Will do. So just to add to that, um, what Kelly mentioned, absolutely, you know, 100% agree with Kelly that every school operates differently with different budgets, uh, different priorities and, and different staffing. Um, we were able to go online in 24 hours. We, our, our IT team was set up in that they, they were really able to do that. Um, again, I think we are very lucky in that we have a, a head of school who is very tech savvy and is have, takes a personal interest in, in, uh, in technology uh, itself. So um, I think there were certain things that were already set up for us to be able to move so quickly into an online program. Uh, but we did all our live streaming in-house because of the Code Cadets, because they are set up with the professional um, and technical programs and facilities. We were able, to, so we live streamed our house music, which is uh, I don't know whether it's 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 you know ten different houses. Um, they put a show. Uh, it's a competition. Uh, over three days, uh, over dance, rock music, singing, instrument, you name it. Um, and it's over three days and we live streamed it. We live streamed our presentation nights. We live streamed um, dinners. We basically live streamed anything and everything that you can possibly think of that made sense. And we were able to do it in in high quality. If it was something that we were not able to do in a high quality, we did not go live stream at all. Uh, because as Kelly mentioned, it's the experience actually is far more frustrating if it is not working well. So before you go into this kind of live stream possibilities, just make sure that you have the correct technical people behind this. Um, You only have one shot in making that impression. Um, If you will continue to do live stream, which is not of good quality, people will not turn up to it. And it's really a waste of everyone's resources and and
0: money Juma, you you must have set yourself a bit of a high bar now for for ongoing because people are going to expect that you're going to continue to do that is that what you is that how you see it happening?
1: that's correct and uh, and the open day was an example where um, you know we we're, we're building um, we're building a, a very beautiful giant building in the middle of the, the school which, um, is a new auditorium. But until thats spill, we, are, have, we have to wait um, and use our resources. And we were testing the open day. Um, how do we live stream the open day? And um, there was one set of technical things that we had, and there was another set. And the set that was not as high as the code cadets, we had to scrap it. Um, and we had to call the code cadets in and do it. But you're absolutely right, the bar is now set up because our community, whether it's future families or current families, do expect a certain level of um, um, quality in in what we do and with an independent school and if, you know, like ours, they, in any case, uh, expect that everything that we do will be of high quality. So it, it is, we have raised the bar high, but we are also prepared as a school to be able to match that as well on a sustainable level yeah
2: I think it's Uh, really interesting as well the 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 fine line now between um, encouraging parents uh, and carers back onto campus whilst also offering a live stream option so um, we know that A lot of parents would prefer to stay at home and live stream it, but at the same time, we're really keen to get parents back on campus. So trying to balance that uh, and knowing how to communicate that out, I think is really important. Um, We've we've experienced um, parents who might say they're coming in and, and reserve a ticket because we have to ticket everything and then a portion of them not turning up. And so there's seats available um, for parents who may have actually wanted to come in. So I think balancing it is important, but I think the reality is we need to provide live uh, links and, and online opportunities ongoing now as another option every time or when relevant.
0: Well, as, as a parent who's done the parent teacher interviews online, I'm pretty sure no one's going back to face to face parent teacher mm-hmm. interviews again. That yeah, was just so- absolutely. Yeah. Can I just ask a
1: question um, to the audience? Um, We are in March. Um, Has anyone done any open days so far for this year? Has anyone gone through an open day or has tried to do a virtual open day of some sort?
0: I know Monty did an open day uh, two weekends ago. Hi.
1: Hello. So how was your experience?
3: Did you do a virtual open day? We we had virtual open days last year which were great, but that I was interested in hearing what Jeff said about pre-recording a presentation and then then being open to live questions. We didn't do it that way. We just pre-recorded it. Some people thought it was a live stream and we had, we had a little bit of um, argy-bargy here about the terminology because we were talking about it as a live stream when actually it was pre-recorded. Anyway, despite all of that, that all worked really well. But we have just a couple of weeks ago we had a real open day after school hours. And we were very um, anxious about how it would work and making it COVID safe and so on. Um, And we had several hundred people attend and incredible enthusiasm. And it was very hard to get them to go at eight o'clock at (laughs) night here. And we are just blown away by the excitement of of people wanting to come and gather in on campus. But do you have anything to add a bit, the real of it? No, no. <laughs> I'm the fake of it. <laughs> Claire, you I think it's interesting to, to see,
2: sorry, Jeff. I was, I was just gonna to... say, it's really interesting to see the um, excitement and the desire for people to come back on campus, um, isn't oh, it? You know, We've got, as, as you do, prospective families that are just absolutely desperate to come and see the college. So it's lovely to be able to in invite them back in.
0: Jeff, should we jump over to um, uh, Mark? I just noticed um, Naomi Wilkins at Oran Park had her open day on Saturday, 6th of March with staff and students. It was great. Um, and Shannon, uh, we ran our third online open morning in February pre-recorded, uh, followed by live panel Q&A. Okay, so planning a live hybrid in April, fingers crossed, running a lot of private tours at the moment. I, yeah, I guess that's also a way people are getting around. That uh, initially, um, the private tours are now, you know, smaller groups on site and provide that intimate um, tour. Um, but yeah, I, I noticed, uh, you yeah, know, the open days are back on. Uh, we were at Monty last the weekend before last, and it was very. Um, you know, packed as normal as it has every other year. So it's looking good. Claire, did you have something to contribute? I noticed you're off, your mic is on. We, uh,
2: we have our open day yesterday, today and tomorrow. So we're running them um, for the primary school in the mornings and the kids are doing the tours. So it's smaller groups where our students take them on tour and tell them all about it overhear some of the conversations. It's interesting what we provide. (laughs) But afternoons, um, the next three afternoons are really full and the parents are really excited to be. uh, So uh, it's after a normal school day. The the kids come and have a look and we've got uh, another couple hundred tomorrow. So we've got a smaller school in Newcastle and we've got 920 students. So to have, I think we have 600 coming through this week is massive. Our enrolments just went through the roof last year with COVID really great wow that's amazing well
0: done and we've had a few more um st catherine's sydney is that st catherine's Waitley? uh had a live open afternoon two weeks ago Captured at 100 people for one hour maximum smaller tour groups you can't beat a physical open day it was wonderfully received um and grant um at Skegs at redland we have held open events over a weekend and have meet and greet for year seven parents next week 200 people on campus and very excited Great. Thanks, Graham. Um, that's good. Um, look, at this point, I might, since we're all marketing people, um, Pimble Ladies College have just launched uh, a brilliant campaign. Um, and I think, uh, you know, part of the issue with, with marketing is, is staying relevant, even regardless of, of how, how significant your school is. Um, Kelly, can you tell us a little bit about that campaign, uh, what it was to get it up and running and, and how it's going and what, what the feedback has been? Sure, sure.
2: Happy to. So yes, we launched um, a couple of weeks ago. It was actually in the making from about 2018. So um, our principal at the time uh, resigned after we started um, the, pro- the project. So we just coasted along for about a year, um, waiting for our new principal to start because we knew she would um, need to have a part to play in that as well. Um, Then just as we were about to launch uh, last year, of course, COVID hit. So we decided that we would hold off. Um, We'd already made the investment mostly from a a financial sense. So we were always going to launch it, but I suppose um, we wanted to be um, cognizant of Of what was happening uh, not only in Australia but globally um, and made the decision to really pull back from that Um, and that's why we launched it um, at the beginning of this year which is really exciting because there were so many times uh, over the last couple of years that I thought it was never actually going to happen. Um, I think what COVID did for us from a marketing perspective was uh, make us realise even more just how important it is to Um, have purposeful marketing and marketing that really talks to what it is that you offer as a school. In 2018, we did a um, brand research project and um, overwhelmingly the response from our current community, but also the general public, was that all of the advertising that people were seeing out in um, the school's market was the same. So we knew from the beginning that whatever we did, it had to be different. It had to challenge um, school marketing norms um, and it really had to be true to what our vision and our mission was for the school. Now, we also knew that um, it was going to potentially upset or confuse um, some of some of our um, community um, because it was very different. Um, but I think what we also knew was that, What generally uh, I think is is lacking uh, in in the sector is um, the confidence from from schools to do something a little bit different. So we were really excited to do that. Really, Watch Us Change the World, the tagline and the campaign is all about the confidence that we have in our girls to change not only their world, but also the world around them. And we feel like we're in a position um, as a large college in Sydney to really... Uh, think about not only our own community, but a bit more broadly, and we're just about to launch our strategic plan as well, which aligns with this goal of um, changing the world again, not just for our girls but for the world uh, more broadly. Um, you might have noticed that we partnered with UN women as part of International Women's Day and part of this campaign, um, and there are a number other, a number of other projects that we are doing to ensure not only sort of externally but also within our curriculum that we are doing to make sure that our girls um, understand where we're coming from in terms of of changing the world and whether it's um, giving them the opportunity for more work experience, giving them the opportunity to do community service and more service learning within their local community Um, but generally just to I suppose, speak a little bit more to what our ultimate vision is for, for the college.
3: Thanks, and and I, I
2: think the biggest change for us was, was digital. You know, we were already a very digital school, um, but that was really something that we honed in on and focused on um, without the campaign and social media became something that we Um, focused on a lot and we we came up with um, new and different programs, again, trying to give opportunities for the parents to see inside a window into the school. We had um, uh, Welcome to Our Classroom Series where we interviewed teachers and they were able to talk a little bit about their specialties uh, and also student takeovers where we um, gave students the microphone and and the cameras and got them to film and and, um, talk a little bit about their experience
0: uh, as a pinball girl. Did you get feedback from, from your stakeholders in regards to those, that content?
2: We did. We did. We, you know, in, in the um, spirit of transparency, we, we had some negative feedback, but that was actually uh, only from a few, which was, which was really good to see. Um, it's been overwhelmingly positive. I think um, people are excited to see something a little bit different. And, um, Jeff, you asked me on LinkedIn um, last night and I haven't responded yet, but why did we call the the campaign unapologetic? And the answer to that is that we were unapologetically proud of our girls and proud of the opportunities that they have and proud of the fact that in our um, strategic plan and um, in our curriculum and with our teachers, um, we are really instilling a confidence in, in our girls to, to change the world for the better, in whatever way that makes sense to them. So uh, that doesn't necessarily mean being a CEO. It might be starting uh, a community project.
0: I, I think it's a great campaign. I, look, my point about that unapologetic thing was, I, I thought it was written by a campaign brief that it was unapologetic. And I thought, who did they have to apologise to? To men, to ask permission? <laughs> I, I
2: thought- think it came... It came from the fact that um, what we felt out of our marketing um, research was that girls' schools tended to be a little bit apologetic about their advertising, whereas the girls' schools, uh, sorry, the boys' schools were much more, you know, this is what our boys do, our boys can achieve anything. So we wanted to be unapologetic about the fact, well, actually girls can do just as much as boys. Um, And we wanted to show that confidence and that grit and that determination and and that resilience through the photography, which if you've seen um, the photos and there's one up on the screen now, um, it's a sort of shift away from the the really um, smiley photography and more um, about that direct looking to camera, that strong gaze and that determination and that unapologetic look of uh, watch me do what I you know,
0: believe I can do. Um, I had a chat with um, my boys at home about this concept of uh, girls can do anything because I, I often hear it at girls' schools, that message that girls can do anything. And, you know, obviously it's a very solid message. Um, my issue is boys are never told that because it's, it's, and this is my feminist in me, but, um, you know, boys just, you know, are are assumed that yes, you can do anything. Whereas girls, and I was arguing for the feminist saying, well, you know, it's not an equal playing field. And I said, are you ever told you can do anything at school? And they go, no. I said, it's constantly has to be reinforced to women because it's not equal yet. They're not there yet. Um, and until that conversation doesn't need to be had, it still needs to be worked on. Um, now, something that came up in this, so I was looking at this campaign brief, um, and there was a few comments there. One of the ones that came up um, is as if a school that has a waiting list like this would need or pay for these ads. Can you talk to that point, Kelly? Why would a school like yours that has a strong waiting list need to do a campaign that's obviously, you know, cost a little bit of money um, like this?
2: Okay, yes. Very good question. Well, we know from our research and I think everyone um, in this um, in these roles understands that whilst we do have um, girls on our waitlist um, and girls that are confirmed to start at the college, it's not until they actually walk through the gates that we think, okay, that's a complete conversion, they're here now. Um, we know that many of our families have their daughter's name down at our school, and then two other schools as well. So we believe that we need to keep top of mind, communicate with them, market to them through that whole journey, that 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 customer journey, if you like, and that might be a ten year journey, that might be that might be you know a year long journey, whatever that may be. Um, we do have some spaces available, but yes, we we are we have. Um, Fairly tight wait lists. Um, But even still, I think Marketing 101 would tell you that even if you're uh, extremely successful as a business, and let's be honest, we are a business, um, you still need to market because something may happen and um, things might change and... You might lose a lot of your students on your wait list or whatever it might be, financial uh, crisis. And so you need to have built that trust, that familiarity and that brand awareness within not only your prospective families but also the community because we also know that there's a portion of um, people in our local and and wider community that may not have ever considered us as a school, may not have ever considered uh, a private school Um, And for those people uh, who might have an inkling or an interest, we want to encourage them to take that next step as well.
0: I guess we were talking before about there's a bit of a um, a risk that if you're not still actively marketing that people may think you've fallen off, that you're not quite as good as you used to be or that you're not as relevant as you used to be. Uh, So even though you do have strong waiting lists, if you're not, you know, working on your brand constantly and reminding people that you're there, you can start to become um, superseded by somebody else who's more aggressive with it. Uh, Leanne from Riverview uh, loves the campaign, Kelly. She's just curious how much of it was conceived and produced in-house and how much was outsourced to the agency. If you don't, if you could talk to that a little.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So we did use an agency, uh, McCann, and um, it was, it was a team effort. So we followed their process of what they call truth hunting um the reason we chose mccann was for their values um in case anyone is interested and we from the beginning had said in our tender that we wanted to have a very authentic campaign um we wanted to make sure that whatever we did we knew it was going to be different but whatever we did it had to be true to who we were um and McCann's mantra is truth well told. So I'm really proud, and the school is really proud that we have achieved that. And whilst there may be some critics that it it doesn't look real, um, this project and and this campaign was uh, the result of heavy consulting. Most, well, not sorry, partly because um, of the period it took to develop it, but also because that's how we do things. So it was current students. Um, ex-students, parents, the wider community. Um, It it was the result of uh, of a a long process of consulting Um, and so we followed the McCann process of what they call truth hunting. Um, I, I suppose a lot of it was outsourced to them but Um, in partnership with our marketing team. um, They, for example, would suggest some templates for the creative and then we have a graphic designer and so we would do that in-house. So we're doing some of that in-house and at the end of March we'll be bringing that all in-house to our graphic designer. Um, So whatever we could do in-house we did. We did a little bit of the videography Mm -hmm. um, Mm in-house and the graphic design. Um, my communications manager worked closely with theirs. So it was really a team effort, but absolutely they were uh, a big part of it as well.
0: Great. Look, you're very fortunate, Kelly, at PLC, to have the budgets to do a campaign as extraordinary as that. Um, Are there some other schools out there, other participants who don't perhaps have those budgets but have been um, creative or innovative in Mm -hmm. how they've managed um, to deliver some campaigns that they'd like to talk to? We'd love to hear from you absolutely absolutely
2: and can i just say jeff that um you're right we are very lucky um, but i still think um, with with smaller budgets the opportunity is there um, and would be more than happy to talk to anyone that had any questions uh, with regards to that because i think every school has the opportunity to to do it in some way
0: uh, one of the questions from a gully I, sorry i don't know what a stands for but uh, I can see you nodding there. Um, Was it deliberate branding decision to not have the girls in uniform?
2: Absolutely, yes. We wanted to move away from the blazers and the hats to stand out, but also to give um, the opportunity for uh, the girls' personalities to shine through. Um, And so we decided to put them in casual clothes with a nod to our school colours. But we felt that that not only gave them the opportunity to... um, present what they were doing so you can see the one up on screen that's an outdoor education shot uh, with the girl in the backpack and a casual sort of outfit but it also enabled us to let the uh, look and the gaze on the girls faces to shine through.
0: Great great um, we'd love to hear from other people who have got some other thoughts or comments uh, to contribute to the conversation I'm sure you've got some amazing wisdom to share amongst us all or insights.
1: Can I just add something to that, Um, Jeff? um, 100% um, agree that uh, brand awareness is just so important, especially in in a climate like ours. Uh, When we had an opportunity to, there was a bit of a, a staffing change. We deliberately made the decision to hire a marketing officer who was an expert and is an expert in digital content creation. Um, And he is purely working on student stories and just churning up positive stories out because we, as as you know, in independent schools, we always um, tend to get enough uh, negative stories about independent schools, private versus public debate. And I think we need to have enough positive stories out there. To, to match that negativity that comes in. So even if you don't have a big budget, you can uh, look into creating these student stories and putting them on your um, website or YouTube, as, as Kelly mentioned, um, and just having um, just having a, a space in the community um, about your school as well. And, and that's what we have been doing. We've, we've just been focusing on Facebook and um, Instagram and Twitter and sharing stories through that.
0: One of the things I love to do with schools is um, talk to their alumni who have some stories that reflect the values of the school. And it's not just, you know, they were highly successful, which is always a great story. But more importantly, if the school's values speak to service for others or whatever it may be, if you've got some alumni who are living that out, um, those sort of stories can really uh, impact and resonate with your target market and can demonstrate ultimately what the outcome of, your, of that school education can be. It can, it can put it up as a, an example of, this is what you can hope for your child if you send them here, because this is the caliber of person that, that exit our schools. Um, so those sort of things really work well. Mm-hmm. Conscious of the time, um, and it is St. Patrick's Day, if I haven't mentioned it already. Um, so I wish you a, a happy Guinness. Is there anything else that anybody would like to contribute uh, before we wrap up?
1: I think Jeff, there was a question in regards to how the marketing plans have changed during COVID times. If we can just quickly
0: go yes, through that,
1: if we still have time. Yes, please. Uh, so I, I, I can just quickly talk about that. We uh, shifted our marketing budget from digital from to digital from like print. Or television to digital, and we actually give a, gave a bit of a boost. We um, enhanced our email marketing and digital comms. We um, really started focusing on um, adding information through Facebook and Insta, um, and so social media, we started connecting on that and uh, created and updated virtual experiences, uh, but also started talking about the value the values that we bring or the school uh, values and what, how to bring that into the community. So not just about enrolling now for 2023, 24, whatever, but the values that our students bring into the community. So kind of that community engagement was uh, became the, the top priority for us.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's what can set a school apart. Um, I'm very proud of a video we did for Riverview a few years ago where they, the brief was We need to put a new video on our website with the old one, the other one's been there for too long. And as an old boy of the school and as a parent of the school, I said, Well, why don't we speak to the values of the school so that you attract the right sort of families so that you're saying, We're not some posh school, we're actually there about being men for others. And so it was very much about that spirit. So it, it and in the video, they talk about that theme. So they show the facilities, they show, you know, all those other things that, you know, good private schools have. But they didn't talk about that. They spoke about what they wanted for the boys and the young men as they left and as they contributed to society. And uh, Dr. Hine, the principal, says a lot of people see Riverview as a school of privilege and we see it as a school of obligation uh, where you know, they should be giving back. And so it just shifted the conversation from saying, oh, we've got, you know, we've got great tennis courts and basketball courts and swimming pools and ovals and all the rest of it to saying, no, no this is the calibre of men that we want to educate as a Jesuit education and, and deliver into society. And I think it, it just, yeah, it just shifted it rather than comparing, you know, who's got the best of this. It's like, no, no, we're, we're looking at a higher game here. We're looking at a higher level. So I think talking to values is really useful and really, uh, and it really is what, you know, what, what sets each school apart. Is there anything else we've got, we've got three minutes or we can go get an early mark. Good people at school love early marks, don't they? Especially the kids. (laughs) Kelly,
4: Kelly, did you change your um, marketing strategy at all post-COVID? Other than just obviously we've all moved into engaged into the digital uh, world a lot more. But was there any other specific strategies apart from your branding campaign that you changed? Interestingly, not really. We, we're
2: doing um, a, a very similar marketing strategy that we've always done. However, from an enrolments point of view, it became much more personal. So we were on the phone a lot more to our families. We were uh, talking to them and trying to understand what we could do in the situation um, to help them make the decision. So, and, and we'll absolutely bring that forward. Huma mentioned um, email marketing. That's something as well that we we picked up. You know, we were sending more um, general information, emails to our perspectives, um, making sure that they were feeling connected. We sent our newsletter more regularly to them. um, And we also, yeah, so more digital communication with them. And then when we were able to do personal, sorry, when we were able to um, have uh, parents back on campus, we were doing as many personal tours as we could fit in Um, to the day really Um, because as I said before we had a number of parents just absolutely desperate to come in so um, I think during COVID we ended up being more busy than ever um, and being much more agile and responsive to whatever our our both current and prospective
4: parents needed. Yeah so you really leaned into customer relations and customer service marketing over that yeah Mm-hmm. And, and it
2: was something we knew we, were, we needed to do better, that getting on the phone. Um, yeah. We've obviously got a lot on our, on our database and, and from a customer service perspective, that's key. Um, and COVID forced us to go, okay, we may not have the time and we may not have the capacity, but we just have to make this happen. Uh, and, and, and it worked as we knew it would, uh, and so that's something that we'll never let go. We need to be on the phone to our parents, having those conversations, not sending bulk emails necessarily, but making sure we're building those relationships. And we did prioritise two, three, four years out, obviously. Um, that's what kept us sane. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely important. Thank you. Thank
4: you.
0: Human. I, think, I think when you take into account the investment that families are making, you know, you're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars over the t- life of the student at school. A phone call here and there is, is the least they can expect in terms of, you know, making it worth their while to complete that sale
2: and also giving them the opportunity to speak to people at the college so you know we would normally offer up the the head of school or as in our head of junior school not principal Um, but our principal was making more phone calls and we were asking specific teachers um, to make phone calls to these parents as well so really trying to make sure they had that that right information i think the other thing we did similar to humor which i'm sure everybody did um, was used the budget that we would normally use for the face-to-face expo. So we saved a lot there, um, which was great because um, we had our marketing campaign coming up. So uh, we just poured, uh, real, realigned and poured the money into things that um, would enable us to build those relationships a little bit more because we weren't seeing face-to-face.
0: Um, Kelly, um, you, you did raise before we were talking um, about... Uh, are you worried there's going to be a hit from COVID uh, that mm. you haven't yet felt? Do you think that's coming?
2: So I was saying earlier that um, you know we did um, suffer a little bit of student attrition last year, but all in all, it was it was a pretty good outcome given what we were all feeling at the beginning of the year. But we are wondering whether there will be a hit to come this year from an enrolments perspective. Um, Miff and Miff and we I don't know what you think, um, but. You know, we're prepared for that. We won't be surprised if it does happen.
4: Yeah, and um, I've been—I I work quite closely to Joy Deep, who's speaking next week um, about this sort of um, post-COVID and and how we're going to lead our teams through this time, etc. Um, on behalf of Educate Plus, and but we work with him quite closely as as a human relations, um, HR relations uh, consultant here at Askham, and he's saying that the latter part of 2021 will be economically um, quite difficult for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. where you you may be in a school economic area such as Askham where it probably won't um, you know probably won't affect our enrolments too much, but it will affect staff and and families and things like that behind the scenes. So I do think that we could be in for a bit of a bumpy, bumpy year as as do you, Kelly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah
0: definitely. Uh, well, we've got you there, Mafanui. The Do you want to just tell us a little bit about what that, when that presentation is happening again? Yeah,
4: sure. Um, we have a um, webinar that's Freedom members across Australia hosted, and New Zealand hosted here um, in New South Wales next. Week. I'm um, just checking the date in my diary. But Sony, you can jump anytime. It's on Tuesday, the 23rd, with uh. 24. He's an incredibly interesting man um, and speaks a lot in the human HR space um, about um, what what COVID, how COVID has affected us as a team, um, as perfor- high performing teams. He talks a lot about how in 2020 we we. Um, we entered a sort of a bit of a holding pattern as far as team performance, performance management, creativity, although PLC has proven that wrong with that amazing campaign. Um, and therefore, what, what we should expect and, and um, what we should uh, ask to achieve from our teams in 2021. So if you're part of a team or you're in a team or you lead a team, it'd be, it's a, a great webinar um, to come and have a listen.
0: And so that would also be good for uh, heads of school as well.
4: Yeah, absolutely. So anyone on your senior leadership teams, your SLT, if you'd like to forward it on to them, um, you know, we'd love to, we'd
0: love to share, it, share it
4: more broadly. Thanks, Jeff.
0: Oh, just happened. <laughs> uh, I think we better wrap that up. What do you think, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you very much. Appreciate your time. It's been uh, wonderful uh, to have you all here. Hope you got some value out of that. Come along next, <clears throat> next week and hear Joy Deep <clears throat> and get some wisdom from that.